What is up, Creature Life? We spent a solid 10 to 15 minutes trying to come up with a typical cheesy joke to start the episode. We got nothing, so we're just going to dive right in. Yeah, if y'all have any ideas for how we can be more funny, please let us know. Always looking for content. But anyway, so today our episode is on eternity. And just to fill y'all in, we've been doing this series on the biblical story, the story of how God is active in the world. And um, today is the final series. Today is the final episode where we are going to talk about eternity or, or the end of all things. Right. So by way of a recap, we started this, not that you need this because you obviously have retained all this information perfectly, but we'll, we'll do it just for kicks. We started with creation and, and our big takeaway there was that God said that creation was very, very good. That includes us. That includes our bodies. That includes the food that we eat. I, I think we so often have this conception that we are bad and our bodies certainly are bad and society tells us that all the time. And yet when we look at creation and we see this incredible love with which God created and this deep affirmation that God spoke over us, that affirmation hasn't gone anywhere. God still looks at us and our bodies and says that we are very good. Yeah, and so moving on, then we we talked about the fall next and we clarified that the fall isn't about... Um, creation being bad or tempting us away from God, know that that connection Blake just talked about in creation between the world and God is still maintained. The problem with the fall is when creation tries to take on the role of the creator, trying to determine for ourselves what is good versus what is bad, and we can see the effects of the fall in What we talk about here in the podcast of food and the body of seeing those things as enemies, as as threats, um, instead of receiving them as God's good creation. Right. And and they're sources of shame for us, um, just as they were for Adam and Eve and instead of um, sources of joy and, and, and things that we can thank God for. But good news, if you've been around the church a little bit or Christianity, you've probably heard about Jesus. and <laughs> Go Jesus. Big, big Jesus fans over here at Creature Life Headquarters. But yeah, Jesus comes in and Jesus makes these profound statements about the goodness of bodies. And really interestingly, I mean, we could talk for uh, much longer than just this little recap section about what Jesus does. But one of the things we, we want to highlight is that Jesus welcomes and rejoices in all bodies. Jesus was consistently engaging with the bodies that the society that he was in had rejected. And yet he showed love and that same sort of affirmation we talked about to those bodies. And what does that mean about our bodies? You know, our our bodies don't always fit society's perfect ideal. And that's a understatement. We, We can never quite live up to what society says. And yet I really think we can and should see Jesus drawing near to us showering his love and attention um, and affection for us. And so today, the final thing we're going to end on, as I've said, is eternity. And so last week we talked about how Jesus ushers in this redemption of creation and starts the process of making all things new again. But eternity is the picture where all shall be well. There's still clearly brokenness in our world as much as there is beauty. And so eternity is that final chapter of the story where um, God's vision and intention for the world is fully realized. And that has a profound effect and um, on, on how we look at our bodies and how we look at food. And that's something that will unfold over the course of this episode. 
But first, Megan, why don't you hit him with a little story about uh, about your senior thesis? Yeah, so I'm super stoked about this episode because this is the crux of what I wrote my senior thesis on. So I spent over 100 pages talking about this, and uh, today we're just going to read that word for word. (laughs) Just kidding. We've tried to really condense it and make it more accessible. But anyway, so I wrote my thesis on, on how different Christian understandings of eternity relate to our present Christian approach to food in the body. And whenever I would tell this to people, um, Christian or not, they would be really surprised. I got a lot of, how does heaven, how does eternity affect how we eat now? I think it super affects how we see our food. Great, great verb choice there. Super affects. Super affects. That was, that was in the thesis a lot. Um, anyways, I think the reason why eternity affects the present now is because it's not just a picture of the future that's far removed from us today. I think eternity, while it is a picture of the future, that picture provides hope and mission and direction for the present. Right. We can and should see eternity, what God has for us as our ultimate end, as a guiding point for for how we should live now. Totally. And so we're going to begin by unpacking those two different pictures of eternity. And the first of which is the one we don't necessarily support. And and here's why. So the first... And and, and yeah, to be clear, Megan, when you talk about pictures of, of eternity, you're saying common in, in the Christian landscape. Um, you know, there, there's these two sort of dominant images, and this is sort of what you engage with in your thesis. Yeah, great clarification, Blake. Anyways, so that first common notion of, of heaven is this idea of it being a faraway place where one day, once we die, our souls depart from our bodies and go there. And in this far away place, it's all immaterial. It's a bunch of souls floating around with God. And I think this picture of eternity can be pretty destructive for how we live now because I think it, it supports the notion that material stuff, including bodies and food, none of this matters. None of this is truly good if the goal we're working towards is a place where these things no longer are. Right. Bodies and food have no eternal qualities in this framework because they're not going to be in eternity. They're not going to be in heaven. And of course, um, it's not hard to connect those dots about what that can do to the importance of bodies and food. They're, they're not important. You, you can discard them very easily in this framework. Yeah, and I think it, it sets up this false dichotomy where these material things, these things created by God are actually opposed to the spiritual things. Our soul is at war with our bodies. Our food is at war with our faith in God. And I think, as we've been trying to say with this whole biblical story, that from beginning to end, God is intimately connected to creation. Creation belongs to God and is seen as very good in God's eyes. Megan, hit him with the other picture of eternity, the the one that you favor and and we favor and, and that your thesis kind of unfolded, the one that we think can lead to healthier eating, healthier images of ourselves. Um, so yeah, why don't you outline that? Totally. So I think a huge element in in this picture of eternity that we want to offer today is the idea of creation still being maintained, but transformed into what it was fully created to be. 
And so I think a helpful understanding of that is even thinking about Jesus's bodily resurrection. So after Jesus died, it's not that his body decayed and his soul rose to some faraway place. The story we have in scripture is that Jesus died and then was bodily raised. His body was still a a huge part of his life and he still lived in his body even after being raised from the dead. And I think what that communicates is that if Jesus's resurrection is the hope on which we base eternity, then in eternity, I think all of creation, including our bodies, will be raised. And of course, it'll be it'll be different. It's not just things are maintained now, but I think it's super important to recognize that creation will still be a part of our eternal picture. But Blake, why don't you say how we think that it's not just going to be a repeat of here and now with all the brokenness that exists in the world, with the shame around our bodies. How is creation still going to be a part of eternity, but also different? Yeah, I, I think the common phrase that many of you have probably heard is this new creation idea. And maybe the best way to think about that is, is this will be you know, the same creation that God spoke over and God blessed um, and that God loved when God created it and God still loves now. But this creation will have reached its full potential. This, um, I, I, will, I will steal a line from an old pastor of mine. This is like the end of Moana when, when the black goes away and, and the world is restored. And, um, but, but so much better than that. Um, where everything becomes what it was meant to be. Where trees flourish, where bodies flourish, where all of these components of creation are as they were always intended to be. Yeah, I think a helpful phrase that comes from scripture and how we can think about this picture is the notion of God being all in all. God being in every part of creation. And so we want to unpack what does that look like? What would it look like for God to be all in all? And then how does that affect our present approach to food in the body? Right. And so the the, the first thing that that means for us is that when God's only God's spirit is animating us, when when our um, you know there there will be no human constructed societies and, and and the broken visions that come with that. Only God's vision for the world, which we've been trying to unfold o- over the course um, of this series, and 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 as a reminder, God's vision for food and for our bodies is that they are very good. And in this eternity where God will be all in all, we will have no doubts about that. We will look at our bodies as God intended them to be and see that they are good. Yeah, we talked about in the fall episode how a huge aspect of the fall, I think, is this idea of lies entering into the world, of us starting to believe actually maybe our bodies aren't good. Maybe there's reason like Adam and Eve for us to be ashamed of our bodies, and I think our understanding of eternity, our picture of it, and our hope for it is that in eternity, God's word will be the only thing we know, the only thing we believe in. And what that means is that we will truly embrace God's declaration that all of creation is very good. I like to think of the resurrection as God's yes to creation, God choosing not to abandon creation. And I think this is the yes that we see from beginning to end. God says yes when God first makes the world and looks upon it and says, wow, very good. And then again, when God enters in into into creation in a body 
himself and the body of Jesus. And then finally one day when all is resurrected, God will again say yes. So I hope, yeah, just take a quick moment and even think about what that means of God saying yes over your body. Right. There's no room for rejection of bodies. There's no room for rejection of food there. Um, and I love how you trace the the story from beginning to end. And, and of course, that's what we're trying to do with this series and, and just see the way that God says yes again and again and again. Even if society says no again and again, um, God's consistent witness, uh, we hope, is stronger for you. Another thing I wanted to emphasize is even though God will be in all things, that doesn't mean everything will be the same. I think there's still going to be this diversity of bodies. You see in scripture, there's verses about in eternity, there will be every nation, tribe, and tongue. Maintaining this idea that, yes, while everything will be you know, renewed and restored, there's still diversity. And I think that's because that is part of God's vision of creation is to have this diversity. And it's in the diversity that I think um, we can really see God because God isn't just like one thing. God is so many things. And so I think the same thing can apply with different body sizes where there's going to be a bunch of different sorts of bodies, big bodies, small bodies, tall, short, and we're just going to rejoice in it all and see sacredness in in every sort of body. Right. I think that's such an important point. When we think about God's creativity and, and we look at the beauty of nature and the beauty of people, this is not a situation where God is, uh, you know, good, the new creation will, will not be where everything is the same, where everyone looks the same. No, there will be this beautiful diversity um, of every kind. And yet it will be united by the fact that God is all in all. Last thing we thought about how God being all in all might um, land in eternity is that we think God's ways of being will become creation's ways of being. And so one thing that came to mind is God being the great reconciler, the one who's always seeking communion with creation and seeking um, unity. I think creation is going to fully live into that ourselves and we will not only be reconciled and united with God, but also between each other. And I think that really differs from the way the world is today because you think about our society in America and how much we focus on individualism. And I think in thinking that individuals, we as individuals are at the center of society, I think that can lead to a lot of comparison and envy because we view ourselves in competition with one another. And so that leads to constant striving to be better than each other or constant striving for approval for our own selves. And I think that's a major contributor to why there are all these body image issues, why we don't think our bodies are enough because we're constantly looking at the body of another and saying, how do I measure up against them? Right. And in God's framework, we just won't need to do that. We'll, we'll be so blessedly free from the need to compare. And I think instead, furthering this idea of God's ways becoming ours, there will be this joy and celebration unlike anything we've seen. And, and we want to read a little, a little bit from Isaiah 25 that gives um, a little glimpse of, of at least part of what heaven might look like. And it goes like this. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. 
there we see it, it's a feast for all people. There's not this sense of, oh, only, only the, you know, certain kinds of bodies are welcome at the table or, or only, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta do this if you want to be a part of this. Instead, we see, um, this reconciling, welcoming God, inviting all people to the table. And I think to continue on in that verse, it says, And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. So this picture of the future, this picture of eternity is just filled with joy and filled with celebration and abundance. Feasts aren't necessary things. No one needs to feast. And yet this picture of our hope in in the future is one full of good food and joy. And I think that just mirrors so well who God is. God is a God of joy and a God who celebrates creation. And likewise, I think, part of that pick part of that verse that we just read is that all the sorrow and all all that is broken God is going to remove and I think that can be so exciting too just thinking about how we live in a time with shame and and fear and yet one day all those things will be taken away the covering and the veil will be swallowed up we just read and that makes me think about Adam and Eve in the story we shared a few weeks ago where after they stopped trusting God's vision for themselves, they looked at their nakedness and felt ashamed and felt like they had to be covered up. And one day we won't need those coverings. We won't need to exist behind the size of our waist or the size of our clothes. We will just rejoice and celebrate the ways that we've been made and the ways others have been made. And there will be no more worrying, no more fear, no more guilt or shame. Yeah, at this feast, there are only good things. I, I think even now, when I think about a feast and, and celebration, there's so many complications that enter the fray. And it's like, oh, what are we celebrating? Why are we celebrating? How are we celebrating? Who's welcome here? And 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 God's God's ways are, are so much higher than that, and so much different than that. Um, and it's worth trying to embrace those for ourselves and, and for our lives as we look at our bodies and, and our food and so much more. And, and that begs the inevitable question, though. You know, we, we spent so much time talking about what eternity will look like. And, and of course, we could only be so precise. Um, but what do we do now? Where, where does that leave us? Yeah, I think it's, it's hard because right now we're in the middle. We're not at the beginning where God has just made this amazing world and it's all so good and we're not at the end either where there's no more brokenness and there's just joy and celebration and reconciliation and all those good things. But what we've been trying to communicate with this series is that knowing this grand story, knowing our beginning and end can inform how we see the world now, how we see food in our bodies, because we can try to live into the truth that we have begun as God's creation. We belong to God and we are good. And where we are ending up is this beautiful picture of God being all in all. And I think that can land in so many ways now to bring healing and restoration even today. Right. We, we must live as, um, you know, with the knowledge of those realities. When we forget where we came from and when we forget where we're going, 
that's when disaster strikes. When, when we take God out of that, then we're just stuck with what we've got. And what we've got is a society that speaks death and, and speaks negativity over us and our bodies and the foods that we eat. Um, but I think if we if we cling to this knowledge of this story and 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 where we come from and and what God intends for us and what God will do in our lives, we are given this powerful um, force with which we can combat those lies that society speaks over us. Yeah. So we just wanted to end this episode talking about ways in which we can taste and savor heaven now. This beautiful picture of hope and restoration. And one of the first things that comes to mind is a way that this hope really was helpful to me and my own story. Um, so as Blake just said, we still live in a world where there's this brokenness. We still live in a world where we don't see our bodies as good or we try to delineate apart from God what makes for a good body or what makes food good. Um, and it was really helpful for me when I found myself struggling with this stuff to picture eternity, to picture a time in which I'm not going to worry about my body anymore. I'm not going to worry about um, if I'm not enough. I will just be so overjoyed and celebrating uh, how I've been made and how the Lord has made me. And also, I think, a time where I will be feasting with no worries or shame or guilt and even having that picture of a future time in which I will feel so free and joyous help me to live into that presently of that is where I'm going and so let me try to embrace some of that now right and I think it's important as we think about this sort of thing this is something I struggle with in my own life is is the sense that I need to be able to picture heaven perfectly to really hope in it and I don't, I don't think that's the case. I, I think God will be with us as we try to imagine these sorts of things that you're describing, Megan, um, and, and the lack of fear and the lack of shame and, and this divine approval uh, spoken over our bodies. Even if we can't, if, even if we don't know exactly what it will look like, I think we can and should really imagine it anyway and trust that God will steer us in the right direction and, and will bring the sort of healing that God desires for us. Yeah, and I think really similarly a way that this notion of eternity can combat some of the struggles we might have with food in our bodies now is I think about in dieting and diet culture, there's so much fear and restlessness geared towards the future. We worry about the meal we ate last night. How is that going to affect my body? Or how can I get to this place where I'm thin? And there's so much striving towards this image of thinness or whatever it may be that fills us with great fear and I think the way eternity can combat that is it gives us a picture of the future that's filled with peace and joy Um, and just knowing that that is our story can help hopefully eliminate some of the fear we might have of what we might look like tomorrow remembering that there will be a day in which we fully embrace all of ourselves. Yeah, and, and with that in mind, that, that invites us to eat in, in a different sort of way, in a way that is different than what society has for us. That invites us to come to the table and see the divine sacredness of our bodies and the goodness in our bodies that, that God has spoken over us from beginning to end. And as we think about our creatureliness and, and how we belong to God, we can think about the ways that we will one day fully embrace that. But even before that, we, we can still participate in that. We can still participate in the sense that God is with us. God loves us deeply. And God loves all of creation in that way. 
yeah, eating is a cool way in which we can practice the things that we think heaven will be full of celebration and fellowship and gratitude. And I think there's something so powerful about getting to taste heaven now. And we just hope that, yeah, you'll have a meal this week in which you try to think about heaven and the ways in which you might eat with freedom and join heaven and try to live into that. Yeah. So as, as we wrap up this, this four episode series that, um, We'll probably give Serial a run for its money as the most <laughs> listened to podcast of all time. Um, but seriously, we, we, we want you to remember that, you know, we've outlined this story of, of kind of like this is God's story. You know, God created, um, God redeemed, God will one day bring um, to new creation. But this is our story. This is your story as you listen to this. Yeah, you are God's very good creation, whom God loves, whom God has redeemed, and whom God will one day promise to restore you to fullness of God being all in all and um, just an eternity of joy and celebration. And so we hope that this story we've given you, this story that I think is all of ours, um, helps shape your vision of food in the body to be more like God's vision of food in your body. So thanks so much for listening to this series, guys. As always, if you're not following us yet, at Creature Life Pod is that, yes, at Creature Life Pod Come on Instagram. <laughs> I, I, I should know this. Yeah, but but thanks so much, and, and we'll see you guys next time.